0: Welcome to Friends On Air, a podcast presented to you by the Friendship Circle of Pittsburgh. On this podcast, our teen hosts discuss real life with
1: real people.
0: We hope to inspire others by sharing stories of individuals and pairs of
1: friends who have dealt with mental health challenges or just the ups and downs of life and discussing what
2: brought them healing and inner peace.
0: In these episodes, we also talk about the role that friendship and connection plays in a person's emotional well-being
2: subscribe to this podcast to be a part of our friends on air family
3: friends on air.
2: welcome to friends on air a podcast presented to you by the friendship circle of pittsburgh hi everyone i'm Javi and i'm a part of the wellness committee at friendship circle i'm in ninth grade i'm 14 and i'm going to be hosting this episode
3: Hi, I'm Allie.
1: I'm the Wellness Coordinator at the Friendship Circle. I have a background in psychology and clinical mental health counseling. But right now, I'm so lucky to be doing this podcast with amazing people. I'm here to listen and learn, and I cannot wait. Hi, everyone.
0: Welcome to today's episode. I'm Ayala. I'm the Team Member Engagement and Partnerships Coordinator at Friendship Circle. And I'm so excited to hear this conversation. I am very passionate about
2: today's topic, and I'm excited to listen and learn, like Ali said. So we're entering May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, and our three guest speakers have all been actively involved in mental health advocacy, specifically through their work with the PA Youth Advocacy Network. And at the Friendship Circle, our hope is to empower youth to speak up for what they believe in and to advocate for those who may not be able to advocate for themselves. We can't wait to hear more about your experiences and learn from your efforts. So can everyone introduce themselves? Hello, my name is Sarah Pessey. I'm a Policy Associate at the Jewish Healthcare Foundation and I, I am also the Director of Teen Advocacy and Wellness at the JCC of Greater Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh and I'm really excited that I get to work with youth and community organizations through my work with the PA Youth Advocacy Network and the Teen Mental Health Collaborative to advocate for change to mental health systems. I have my Master's of Science in Public Policy and Management from Carnegie Mellon University, and I'm excited that I get to work with talented youth advocates like Luna and Connor to make systems better.
4: Hi, my name is Luna, my personal pronouns are she, her, and I'm a high school senior at Pittsburgh Kappa. I was born and raised in Miami, Florida by my single mother before we moved here to Pittsburgh in 2016. I'm an Asian-Latina community youth organizer, affiliated with a number of organizations, including the PA Youth Advocacy Network, the organization I'm here for today.
3: Hi, my name is Connor Daugard, and I'm a senior in high school, just like Luna. I like to do a lot of mental health advocacy, and I've done it all throughout my high school experience, um, working with organizations like Stand Together and the PA Youth Advocacy Network.
2: Awesome. And one sentence, what are you here to talk about, like your general
4: message? I am here to share about the work I do and hopefully inspire others to think critically about what they want their role to be in the future.
2: Yeah, awesome. I'm here to talk about how everyone has the opportunity to become an advocate and make a difference.
3: Yeah, I'm here to talk about something really similar to what Sarah said. It's just that advocacy is possible for everyone and getting involved is so important and everyone should feel empowered to do so.
2: Yeah, I agree with all of that. Love that, yeah. In the beginning of each podcast, we have a fun question for everyone to get to know each other a little bit. So I'm going to pick the question. What will it be? If you could have one dream job, regardless of practicality, what would it be?
3: I think if I had to pick one job, I would say a lawyer. And I've said that for a while and only now is it starting to become real. Like yesterday I went to my first pre-law event for my college and it feels so real and it's unbelievable to even think about um, but yeah, I, I really want to be a lawyer and help people from the ground up.
0: That's so awesome. That is. What kind of lawyer?
3: I'm keeping my options open. Yeah. I mean, who knows Who knows what I'll even major in in college now, so yeah. I'll have to decide later.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, after I watched um, Just Mercy, the movie, I called my sister up. 'Cause she's always talked about wanting to be a criminal justice lawyer. Mm. And I was sobbing, I was like on an airplane <laughs> and I was sobbing my eyes out. And I called her and I was like, you need to become a lawyer. You need to <laughs> I think that's awesome. Good luck
1: with that. Oh, so exciting. thank you. I'll need it. <laughs> awesome. Oh I get to go now. Okay, so regardless of practicality, because of where we live in Pennsylvania, guys, um, when I was younger, I, I'm also from Florida, so I'm from Southwest Florida. And I am from like the Fort Myers area. Like my dad still lives on Fort Myers Beach. Hi, dad. Um, (laughs) So I actually started studying marine biology before I moved, and I would still really like to do something with that. when I was younger, it's not, so it's not legal anymore, but I swam with, uh, manatees Ooh. and sharks. That's and I've done like some research stuff on that. I would just love to be a dolphin trainer though. Oh my God. That's, That's so, like, cool. That is <laughs> so cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh or just like, yeah, just purely research on a boat somewhere, which is- not in pennsylvania <laughs> you know when you
2: go to like those sea places and they have like all those like dolphins jumping and then you're in like the splash zone mm-hmm. i love that i love being in the splash
1: zone yeah. i don't want to spend too much on my answer but i'll tell you one more thing <laughs> um, when i was younger i got picked at SeaWorld to be like the person who gives the instructions to yeah. like shamu and that was the start that of was it. that was love <laughs> that, like first splash <laughs>
3: Maybe
2: you'll that. be the one to release him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. For me, my answer is going to be kind of boring. I um I actually feel like I have my dream job now Aww, uh, that's that I'm currently in. Like I I love that I get to work with teens. I love that I get to look at how to make like systems better. And I feel like I get a really good combination of, you know, thinking about policy, but then also like seeing things on the on the ground.
1: Yeah, that's not boring at all, that's wonderful.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome yeah, that's that you're not like, doing painful. what you love, also.
0: Yeah. I hope that we all get that, to be doing
4: our dream jobs. I wanna be a community healer, and I wanna see a huge shift away from individualistic thinking, individualistic treatment, and really have more system approaches being utilized significantly more. Um, and I really am interested in working with adolescents uh, specializing in eating disorders, uh, but also be involved in research, whether it's OCD, PTSD, etc. And yeah, I just want to equip others with the tools to handle the world as it is. So cool! And so, so important.
0: Cool. Yeah, um, I think I mean right now where I am now is definitely one one of a dream jobs that. Like, I mean, I'm very happy where I am. Um, If I was going to think really out there, though, (laughs) I'd probably say something to do with, like, the sky. Like, either an astronaut or, like, a pilot. (laughs) Something like that. Like, I just think the sky is so cool. Um, And then my other one would be a Broadway dancer. That's, like, I don't think I could ever get there. But just, like, the vibe is just... (gasps) (laughs)
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. I love being an astronomer if it did involve so much science
0: yeah
2: I cannot think of a dream job but there's like a couple of things that I like would want to do like the sky sounds really fun I want to be able to fly mm-hmm. um, also I want to be an oral surgeon but oh. I don't want to be an oral surgeon because I don't want to have to always be on call for everyone mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I don't think I'm gonna do that but there are so Neural many surgeons, good boundaries. Good yeah. work
3: boundaries. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, if you have a practice and, like, yeah. can set your hours. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. There's, there's so many different jobs. I probably, I don't know. You have lots of time so. mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only in my career. <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited to have all of you here. So let's start off with some basics. All three of you have been involved with what we call advocacy. In your words, what does advocacy mean? Advocacy for me means using your unique perspectives and talents to make the world um, a situation or a system better no matter how small. Um, just moving the needle forward over ever so slightly is success and it also means you're supporting others to be able to do the same.
3: I think to me advocacy is just challenging the status quo and Allying yourself with people that agree with you and working together towards your shared goal, whatever it may be.
4: My answer is pretty similar to Connor's. For me, advocacy is speaking about what you know is true. And it's kind of that nagging feeling of truth within yourself that you can't really ignore, uh, Mm -hmm. even when the outside world may disagree. Um, It's kind of that lens of perspective um, that's it's uniquely yours. And yet you somehow intuitively know that it doesn't only belong to you and that there's a whole community behind you. And it's knowing that there is an injustice and it needs your light um, and really mustering up that courage uh, to say what you know out loud for others to hear. And I think also it's making space for even disagreement differences when collaborating with others, because uh, an advocate is going to listen. It's going to they're going to learn. They're going to know and be held accountable even um, for errors. And that awareness, it comes from listening, connecting, um, and from being willing to decenter yourself, even in c- those conversations. And it all stems from personal healing. That's a
2: beautiful
4: answer. That was said really well.
2: Yeah.
4: So what is it that you advocate for?
2: Like, what inspired you to begin your advocacy?
3: I think for me, mine started really in fourth grade. Ever since fourth grade, I developed... A nice relationship with my school district's school psychologists, Um, and I'm so grateful that I was able to meet them early because they're put in a tough position, really, all school psychologists, having to go between every school in a district. You know, there's usually only one or two for a thousand-ish kids, Um, so it's a tough position to be in, but I was lucky and over the summers volunteered with them and had a really great time. So then by the time I was about to enter high school, my school psychologist approached me and said that she'd be starting up a mental health club at school called Stand Together, which I'm sure I'll talk about a lot later in the podcast as well. But really, it just went from there. I joined Stand Together, and it was almost as if from the first training session, I had this like untapped interest in mental health. And by being involved, I just wanted to do everything I could. So when COVID hit, I shifted everything online getting involved with the PA Youth Advocacy Network actually during that time. The first event that I met the PA Youth Advocacy Network was their last in-person event at a summit. And it just felt so empowering to be in a room with hundreds of other people that all felt the same as me and as passionate as I did, because that wasn't something I necessarily felt in my school. I felt like a lot of people at my school were okay not talking about mental health, were okay with keeping the status quo, and I didn't want to be that person. Um, and that inspired me to get involved with the organizations I am and work for the causes that I do.
2: That's awesome. really cool. I'm also a part of Stand Together in my school, mm-hmm. and it's, it's really amazing.
3: It is awesome. And the
2: training days were, they were great. It was so much information. It and mm-hmm. It's so useful.
4: I'm also part of the Stand Together program, and I'm currently organizing around not only health equity, but also racial injustices and fighting for intersectional climate justice, LGBTQ plus rights, and youth liberation and housing rights. Uh, I spent the majority of my life seeing uh, extreme disparities of wealth and resources firsthand, uh, whether it was the lack of affordable housing, uh, food insecurity, the lack in utilization of mental health services in my own communities, the inequities in higher education, um, and the effects of climate change in frontline communities, including where I live in the north side. Um, and I just, I just realized over time that I could either feel hopeless about the current state of the world or I could, you know, do something about it. You know, and there's not just one thing that I know I fight for that's most important to me because I know, first off, everything's intersectional. And second, you know, from the small things that I do to the big things that I'm doing, each is supporting the people in my communities uh, to survive in this world. Yeah.
2: For me um, I advocate for teen voice opportunities um, mental health and better health care for everyone which includes the social determinants of health like housing um, food insecurity um, access to opportunities all of those things um, my experience in advocacy started in high school uh, when after a personal experience, in with stalking, um, I wasn't able to get a restraining order. Um, and then I then took that experience to write a piece of legislation, um, at thirteen, fourteen, um, that got passed into Pennsylvania law, um, around my first year of college. And that's kind of what started my interest in advocacy and like the important role, um, of like policy change. You guys like all touched on like completely different points, which I
0: think is the coolest thing and also proves that no matter what position you are in, there are ways to advocate like Connor was coming from I mean maybe it was a personal experience, but that's not necessarily like you know it was just your fourth grade interaction mm-hmm. with your um, school psychologist that like got you into it and then Sarah had her personal experience and Luna spoke about her also her community and uh, the things that she was saying firsthand, which I think shows just like anybody. Can advocate from whatever, like, you don't have to be um, necessarily like suffering or struggling to be an advocate. You don't um, necessarily have to even experience something firsthand to be an advocate. Like, there are just so many ways to approach it think that's
2: really cool. It's so cool because, like, everyone everyone's coming from their different backgrounds and everyone's coming from their different experiences that they have or that they see other people going through, and they decide that it needs to be changed and advocate for it. So there's like so many things to advocate for, and it's so cool. That there's three people in this room who are advocating for completely different
0: things, right? Or even the same thing but from different places mm-hmm. and yeah. different things. Well. But uh, I also yeah. love what Luna said about. Um, like you touched on the point of like, I don't know if you said it exactly this way, but that like, even the smaller things will make like, can make great change and have great impact. Exactly, yeah. Um, And I think that's also something like, knowing that, first of all, being part of something like the PA Youth Advocacy Network, where everyone with the same ideas and the same passions can get together and advocate together is like so empowering. But even if you don't have that, even you on your own can make those small changes that like will add up and they will make a difference. I think
1: Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear more about that because I noticed a theme and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that you guys had your spark or ignition passion pretty early on. Yeah. And I know we have a a lot of listeners that are are hearing this right now and they might be around your age. They might be close by. And I think they're going to want to know like, honestly some of those struggles along the way, but also Like, realistically, what can I do right now? So I I think we have a lot of very interesting perspectives, but they're going to be very practical and
2: hopefully inspiring. So what kind of struggles do you face or have you faced in the world of advocacy? And when was it difficult and what did you do? And what helps you get through those situations? Like, how did you overcome the roadblocks in your advocacy journey?
4: As I mentioned earlier, um, this work is intersectional. And unfortunately, many have yet to kind of come to terms to understand that our work is intersectional and otherwise it would be utterly meaningless if it's not grounded in the current revolutions that are happening today. I've also found it is very difficult to engage in collective processes um, that brings different ident- identities and initiatives together because obviously that's a lot of conversation happening and then that's a lot of different ideas and then there's going to be, you know, disagreements between tactics, etc and building connections with other communities is also just very time consuming and it's really stressful i know outreach efforts in my own communities alone are just hard Um, and i've done a lot of work around collecting signatures for ballot referendums firing around school uh, to get students involved uh, taking the streets being very loud and it's not easy and some people aren't willing to take on this task to do the actual work. However, I know it's necessary and there are people that want to get involved and um, even when it does get difficult, uh, it, I don't plan to stop. This work has helped me build an understanding of why people don't have what they need and I've come across many people with stories, experiences to learn from, and I have built lifelong relationships uh, with people even here from PA Advocacy Network. Uh, And my life has been completely altered. And I'm really grateful to be able to do this work with amazing people, including the folks I'm here with today. So, yeah, solidarity, it really does bring people together. It brings communities together. And it is only through community building that we can really rewrite history to, to rewrite history, to change the narrative, because that's what we need to do to change the narrative. And if we can all work Together across different issues and really support one another in those efforts. I think that's going to build true power. So, I love how you yeah. keep. Touch- sorry, I keep jumping
0: in, but <laughs> I love how you keep touching on the community building part of it because, I mean, I know that like at Friendship Circle, that's pretty much our bottom line goal is to create that community that is banded together to stand up for each other. And um, to create a space that's safe and healthy and inclusive. And um, we do the greatest things when we are united and when Happy. you have those people who got your back and who are standing up for you. So I love how like you keep mentioning
1: the community aspect. None of us without us. And I think exactly. in the space of advocacy it's especially important. At yeah, points. Yeah, totally. exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. I feel like the professional word would be like networking but i mean Mm -hmm. really it's just building community like i totally agree with luna like the people even sitting in this room even from being on zoom calls it feels like we're united by something so seemingly simple to us but that some other people can't understand and that's why it's so important that we do what we do i agree yeah but i mean in terms of struggles i mean we're all young people so being a high school student you're you're juggling a lot of things school life friends family a global pandemic for the recent high schoolers but i would just say that that's my biggest struggle it's just trying to balance everything i do i will say that i've gotten a lot better at it and i've learned to manage my time carefully and choose the opportunities I participate in very meticulously. But like when I was younger, I would be the kid that wants to sign up for every club and go to every meeting and have to leave something halfway through because I wanted to do something else. Mm -hmm. But I think that just getting over that and really focusing and honing in on what I wanted to do the most, which was mental health advocacy, is what allowed me to do it even more. Like maybe dropping one school club that I was like kind of involved in, but didn't really feel a huge connection to to dive into the work that I do now.
2: One of the struggles that I faced um, in advocacy and in policy work um, especially is just getting frustrated with feeling like things are moving too slow. Um, I think like a lot of times when you're passionate about an issue and it's something that feels so critical, um, it can be really frustrating to have Roadblocks and people um, trying to slow down the change. So, the thing that I, has been most helpful for me um, when I'm facing a, ses- a setback has been to remember, like, the why of, like, why am I doing this? And really, drawing on that passion and dedication to keep going despite setbacks and really, like, using the setback as, like, an opportunity. Okay, there's this roadblock. How am I going to figure out a way um, around it? And um, also, what Luna said earlier like really resonated with me about like the power of like community and having advocates around you that are just as passionate as you. and they're also people that you can lean on um, like during these setbacks, people that you can brainstorm with for for new ideas. Yeah. And what you said about like you're figuring out how to go past your roadblocks like last week we had a Shabbaton, like a um, retreat for Friendship Circle. And Rivki was talking about how when they, they made Friendship Circle, they had this goal of like making this like inclusive place. And then there was like roadblocks along the way, but they like remembered what their goal is. And like, even like shifting your goal a little bit to have it fit like with what's happening and just like Remembering your goal and your surroundings to like keep moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm. And now
2: look around. Like right. Yeah. Here they are. And now yeah. we're here on a podcast for yeah. Yeah. she
1: <laughs> mentioned even like if she, if she would have seen all this, like it would have been too intimidating
2: to yeah. even start. Yeah. Like she was like if she she said like she said if she knew that it was gonna be this big, she's like, No, I'm not gonna do it because yeah. it's too much to handle but then she did like, it. I can't, I'm not like I don't have a I don't have what it takes. Yeah. She didn't mm-hmm. think she was gonna be able to do it, but
4: then she did.
3: <laughs> that's how I feel about my advocacy. To be honest, like I think you have to have a very long term mindset when you're getting involved, which is hard to do when you're young, and that's why it's so hard to get involved because you want to just see stuff happen right away. Yeah. But like, if you had told my fourth grade self, or even my ninth grade self, that hadn't volunteered over the summer with my school psychologist, that I'd be sitting on a podcast talking about mm-hmm. mental health advocacy. I would have never imagined that you'd be telling the truth yeah so you just have to like take every little day at a time and take every opportunity that you can manage and you never know where you'll end up
2: yeah totally so what is your experience with mental health and how did this impact you personally and how did you believe that your mental health story or the story of those close to you has inspired your advocacy work so um i can share so i have um, multiple mental health conditions and One of those is depression. Um, I can remember as a teen really struggling um, to feel my voice mattered, especially um, during the um, stalking experience. Um, And my bill was a journey of growth and kind of growing into my own voice. So I think advocacy can be really healing at times. Um, And it's why I'm so passionate about the work of the PA Youth Advocacy Network of getting to work with these advocates like Connor and Luna. Um, I get to learn so much and hear so many different perspectives. And I just want to, I just want everyone to feel like their perspective matters and that they matter because that's really important. Can I ask you a
0: follow-up question to that? Yes. Do you feel like your advocacy like has helped your mental health conditions in any way? Like did that empowerment, I guess I, like for me personally, I feel like When I've like been able to like use my struggle or tons of, you know, hardship and like channel them in a way where like I'm making like a good situation out of it, I guess. Or like Mm -hmm. using it to like fire my passion to like help others who might deal with the same thing. Like, do you feel like that was healing
2: in a way? Yeah, I feel like that was totally healing. And I think part of like the when you share your story, um, it's something that can be really vulnerable. But like that space of like vulnerability also, like, opens you up to really connect with other people and realize that you're not alone, that there's other people there to to support you and that want to see the same changes that you want to see.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. My other question was, when you were going through that stalking experience, what led you from that to, like, becoming, to writing a bill? Mm-hmm. I
2: mean... Yeah, so um, it was after finding out like I couldn't get a restraining order against this person, so then I got angry. And then I had, I think this is also where my passion for teens um, comes from. I had a youth advisor that was this like, you know, write about something that you're angry about in Pennsylvania that you want to change. And I was like, I know what I'm writing about. And was this in high school or college? This was in high school. Oh, wow. Um, I was part of a program called Youth and Government. And they do... Um, like kind of like a model legislative session in Harrisburg. And I remember like the bill passed, like by the youth governor. But then I was like, you know what? I'm not happy of this being an imaginary thing, because even though um, I knew the bill like would wouldn't help me in the moment that I was in, I knew that it had the potential to help other people um, in the future. And the that drive of being like, I see this thing. I notice it's wrong. Like, I want to try to do everything that I can do in my power um, with my voice to try to make things look a little bit better for the next person. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Especially, like, doing that as, like, like a teenager, like, so young, like, yeah. realizing that something needed to be changed and realizing that even if it wouldn't help you, it would help other people. Thanks for sharing, Sarah.
3: For me, personally, I don't live with a mental health diagnosis but that doesn't exclude me from having bad days, feeling hopeless. Um, so whenever I do advocacy, I never try to overpower the voices of those who have experienced mental health conditions. And I feel like that's a line that I've learned to draw over the past four years, speaking with or amplifying versus speaking over. But I do have you know, lots of loved ones around me that struggle with their mental health the current stat is one in four in a given year will struggle with a mental illness. So, I mean, obviously just with such a large subset of the population dealing with it, it's so important that everyone gets involved to work towards it. Not only the people that are suffering themselves.
0: And that's so important. Also, I think some people might feel like I can only advocate if it's me, but Mm -hmm. also no, like you have the power to advocate for people who maybe are too afraid or too ashamed to stand up for themselves. And, Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. How about
4: you, Luna? First off, thank you both so much for sharing your stories. Those stories are powerful. And to our listeners as well, your story is powerful. And if you're comfortable with sharing it, know that your voice is heard, your voice is respected. And we're here to listen. For me, my story is mainly around childhood and family-related experiences around depression, as well as suicide and grief. Um, I also have my own experiences with suicide and anxiety, and I also was diagnosed with anorexia when I was 13, and I also see the impacts a lot of stigmatization and stereotyping at school. Um, especially with the role that school does play in worsening um, mental health and the social injustices uh, in my communities, um, my API community, my Latinx community, um, and of course, other marginalized communities uh, that also takes a toll. Uh, It's taken years (laughs) for me to grapple with and reconcile the intersections of my identity, uh, but I've accepted that dismantling my own uh, eternalized imposter syndrome is an ongoing battle. I grew up in a Cuban and Puerto Rican household, uh, and so I was never exposed much to my Vietnamese culture. However, uh, obviously because of my uh, Asian presenting appearance, I was often teased um, and or hypersexualized um, or fetishized, uh, especially by Latinos in my community. So only in the past two years have I really started to embrace my identity um, and that part of my story. And I know that my imposter syndrome exists because I spent my childhood being presented with a single story of the API experience, the Cuban experience, the Puerto Rican experience. Um, But slowly but surely, I, I know that I'm learning that there's not just one way to be Asian or Latina, and I can fully embrace both by my identities. And so with my own lived mental health experiences, the fact that I struggle to this day even with utilizing mental health services, I aim to dismantle those structural inequities, um, whether it is white supremacy, whether it is xenophobia, uh, language barriers, etc. because I refuse to be complicit with the way things are, and I'm not okay with future generations growing up in a world like this. And I know that I'm moved by what is right to decrease the suffering of my own people and the communities that I'm around. And we need to speak about what is happening in our communities and really take action to have a world of healing, to have a world of accountability that will be truly liberating and a revolution.
0: Wow. Thank you,
4: Luna. And I hope that,
0: well, first of all, thank you for trusting this space with your story. Like, I truly value all of you are sharing, and I can tell you one hundred percent that our listeners are growing and learning tremendously from what you're you are all sharing. In fact, I interact with a lot of our listeners, a lot of our community members, and so many of them come up to us and tell us how much what they heard changed their perspectives and so I just want you guys to know that like your words are making direct impact that like I see on the ground and I know that you share your stories and your experiences um, in your larger advocacy work. And that in itself, I'm also so grateful for. Like, mental health is something that I personally feel so passionately about. And thank you for working so hard to break those stigmas and to share your stories. It's really valuable. I'm glad. Thank you for giving us the
4: space to share Absolutely. our stories.
0: That's my goal, you know, to give everybody the space to share.
1: First of all, you guys just amaze me with your honesty. And I think every podcast that we've done, it's been the same story. Hearing where you come from, what gave you that passion, whether it's, you know, personal experience or just the desire to represent people that feel like they can't have a voice like right now on this podcast, I know that somebody is hearing this and you are, you're giving them that behavioral momentum, you're giving them that story that they can connect to and hopefully find comfort, 100%. hopefully can find what they need to out of it, whether it's to talk to somebody or to talk a little bit louder about their experience, whatever they're finding, uh, you you guys just are yeah. blowing me away. I'm <laughs> so proud. <laughs> um, but honestly, the goal of our podcast is to give a space for people to speak into what matters to them and their story and to share, I think, momentum that is affecting beyond the Pittsburgh area at this point. Yeah, and totally. 100%. It's, it's really neat to see where the spark starts and where it's going to end up. Absolutely. Yeah. But and thank you for being so honest about also like the struggles that make us all human and how we can take these struggles and our stories and we can we can move beyond and we can help the future generation. We can help the next person that we might come into contact with. You, you never know where this is going to head.
2: Yeah, I agree. And Thanks, everyone, for sharing their stories. Um, so advocacy while maintaining your own mental health and wellness can sometimes be difficult. Plus school and your extracurriculars. So what brings you healing and how do you take care of yourself?
4: As I was really talking about earlier, uh, community is really important. So community healing, whether it's community events or even just being in a safe space with my own friends uh, and listening to podcasts like this, um, I think our neurodiverse community possesses so much empathy, great empathy, compassion, sensitivity, and a tremendous depth of concern, especially for social justice. And I think that's too often overlooked in mainstream education. However, these qualities, they matter. And I personally believe these are the qualities that actually matter most. Uh, Personally, for me, I love dancing and writing because they are two creative ways that I could express myself very naturally in any space even usually my bedroom. Um, And I don't sleep well, but right now I'm on spring break and sleeping in in has been very nice. Um, I also just started joining wellness sessions uh, recently with Take Action Mon Valley so I can explore options as well to start prioritizing my mental health, to really start prioritizing my well-being. And it's a journey, but like I always say, healing is a part of the path to our collective liberation.
3: I think it's always really important to draw a line between your advocacy and your life. I feel like that's a challenge, especially if you yourself are directly impacted by an issue. It can feel like doing the advocacy is the way that you're helping yourself, but sometimes that's not always the case and sometimes you have to step away from your advocacy to help yourself. So for me, the first and foremost way that I like to practice self-care is by playing tennis. There's definitely something therapeutic about like stepping on the court and whacking the ball as hard as you can, (laughs) even if it like hits the fence and doesn't land anywhere in the, in the lines. It's a lot of fun. And tennis is another way that I've connected with people that I never would have met. My school is not like known for tennis at all. So I love meeting people around Pittsburgh, around Pennsylvania that like playing tennis as well. And it's something, it's like a lifelong sport. So I know that, One day I'll be 100 years old on the tennis court, Mm -hmm. like with the walker by the net hobbling over and (laughs) still trying to hit the balls as hard as I can. So I really love playing tennis because that also helps me stay physically active as well. Definitely something to be said about exercise and releasing endorphins and whatever science is behind it. I don't know, but it's true. It really works for me. And then...
0: I bet it's the same for dancing, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Definitely
3: something with physical activity like... And even something as simple as like going on nightly walks, like you don't have to do super intense exercise or go to a gym. if you're not comfortable with that walking around a neighborhood or even just walking around your house, it can really be relaxing and helpful. But another way that I like to practice self care, practice healing for myself is by spending time with the people I love, whether that's in person or, you know, virtually. And It's really, I think, nice to connect with people, hear stories, have laughs. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. it's definitely spending time with the people that I love.
4: So excited for when the weather gets warm, go on walks, be with Mm -hmm. friends. My mom
2: actually always tells me this with what you guys were saying about physical activity, that like when you're stuck in your brain, you're stuck in your brain. You can't get out of your brain. You need to you need to get out of your brain mm-hmm.
0: so yeah. well, you
2: can't think yourself out of it you have to like move so like yeah. when I'm when I'm really stressed or when I'm like anxious or like sad or something like I like go for a run or I work out or something and sure. it really
1: helps and I think like according like I think it's important what you have going on mental health wise like in terms of wellness um, exercise for example sometimes you might need a run other times you should stretch or do yoga and have that like gentle movement. So knowing like where you are, and again, this relates to advocacy and like what you need, it's almost like tending a fire, right? Like in the beginning, uh, maybe you're like really stressed out. Like, so you, you need to not throw huge logs or like you, you on the flame, so to speak, you need to tend your fire a little bit more carefully and maybe that's more gentle movements. And then later when your life's a little more stable, the fire stable, whatever. This analogy does not make sense. It is <laughs> But like that's when you can throw like the bigger logs on the fire. and That's when you can get those, uh, you you know, maybe more intense exercise and more responsibility. Like mental maintaining mental health and wellness, um, it just, it shifts. And what brings you healing one day is not appropriate the next day, even depending on maybe some mental health issues and what's exacerbated in the current moment. Personally, if I was having like a very anxious day, I would not like go very hard in my exercising, but other people might, they might need to do that run. So I think it's, it's listening and learning to what, what brings you healing. How do you take care of yourself? That's a very individual answer.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of fire, wait till you hear this segue. Uh (laughs) Um, I forgot to mention that I love cooking. Um, That's something I recently, it's like the stove, the oven, the fire. I don't know. Um, But Recently, now, um, since I'm a senior and I had however many credits, I basically already could have graduated. I get to take a half day schedule mm-hmm. so I don't have to eat school lunch, which I'm <laughs> a good? little bit grateful for, yes. <laughs> Very grateful for, actually. Um, so I like to come home, and I've, every Sunday night, usually I'll plan what I think I'll have and what I'll be craving during the week. And it's so fun to come home and just put all of your stress into making the food, and you have like total control over it, and it's fun to try different recipes from different places and foods you would never have otherwise. And then you get to enjoy the end result with some delicious cookies, delicious pasta, pizza, whatever. Um, So I love cooking, and I've done that recently a lot. Yeah.
1: We might have our microwave ambiance in the background, (laughs) too, so it all goes together. Sound
3: effects. (laughs)
2: So for me, I I like consider myself more of an introvert. So like things that like appeals to me are kind of like more quiet, inner focus. So like I love reading, um, hiking and painting. But like for the painting uh, specifically, I don't like to be like stressed about like painting with the colors because I'm colorblind. Mm -hmm. So I started doing painting by number with like these really intricate canvases. And it's just like completely like takes my focus into um, trying to like paint within the lines but if it doesn't go like i kind of channel the bob ross and i'm like if it doesn't go as planned like there's no <laughs> mistakes just happy accidents so like i'm trying like i think um sometimes i can be like a little bit like perfectionistic and so like having that like being like it's okay to make a mistake i find this really healing and then the other thing that I also um, do just making sure I try to have like a little bit of time for myself each day and trying to find at least one thing that brings me joy. And I found this like really, really helpful. Just like it could be something as simple as finding like a ladybug on my shirt (laughs) or like saying hi to a stranger and getting them to smile or like seeing like a sunset or seeing like a cool flower. Like just trying to find something like small that I notice, and I'm like, this, this is really cool.
1: That's awesome. I feel like if you could just, so we're talking about advocacy. I feel like you just gave us
4: great advice in terms yeah. of advocacy, right? I love art therapy. I do too. It's, I'm actually gonna be facilitating a healing circle on Friday. So that's one of the first activities we're starting nice. with. So cool. Yeah, great. Active,
0: uh, yeah, art therapy is amazing.
3: You should try the diamond dots too. I think that's what they're called. That I have tried paint by number and unfortunately it was not a happy little accent. The whole thing was just a mess. Um, but I like the diamond dots. It just gives you like these they're like little plastic pieces and they give you like a pen and you stick the pen on the diamond and then the the canvas is like a big sticker and you just stick it on. And then it makes uh-huh. a big picture fan. So mine is Starry Night, and it's hanging in my bedroom. Uh-huh, and I'm funny. pretty proud of it because it didn't <laughs> actually involve me painting. Um, but it's a lot of fun and very stress relieving.
1: I can tend to be a perfectionist about my artwork, which is like, I'm like, no, unless it's like perfect to where I can hang it up on the walls, like that's, that's the only time I'm doing art. And I really started to try to train myself out of that to... Um, get better about giving yourself like grace and one art exploration thing that can be really fun for people and i think it's a good like team building thing in case anybody's interested is just to start a picture with like lines and then pass it to another person and like have everybody Mm -hmm. finish it so the control is kind of out of your hands but sometimes it ends up being far more amazing than you could have ever imagined doing it yourself
3: that's another so fun thing like, you can do with writing, too. I remember in seventh grade, um, our teacher played this game with us where we wouldn't see what the person. like. So you'd start with the paper, and it was just a piece of lined paper, and you'd write a sentence. And then you'd fold back the paper like for the sentence ahead of you, and you'd pass it around the room. So then by the end, you'd have this long story, but it didn't make any sense at all, because <laughs> you only saw the line in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's, I mean, that's just a, that's, and that's another fun way you can connect with friends, like in a very low stakes, fun way, spending time with people you love and practicing self-care with little things like that can be really rewarding.
2: Yeah, totally. Any words of advice for those um, who might be interested in advocacy, but aren't sure where to start or don't feel qualified to speak up?
3: Um, I would say that you should just leverage your technology um, in a mindful way. So If you have social media, you can use it to research local organizations that do things that you'd like to get involved with. Um, That's how I found out about the PA Advocacy Network. It was from, um, well, outside of the Stand Together event that I went to, a post on social media that said, get involved. Um, And I saw it and I was like, yeah, I'll get involved. That (laughs) sounds fun. So I would say that there are spaces where you can get involved and everyone is looking for youth voice. And I feel like we're lucky in that way. Youth advocates are given a lot of opportunities and put on a lot of pedestals. And it's important to be to get to that end result, to get involved somehow, no matter how small you think it is. Like for me, like I said earlier, getting involved in advocacy was volunteering over the summer in fourth grade, um, and look where it got me today. It's like this. It's this um, winding process, and you just have to get involved somewhere. So whether it's talking to that one person that you, your parents are friends with that has a career you'd like to get to one day, whether it's getting involved with a school club that does community service work, whether it's finding that local organization that is a couple streets over that you feel passionate about. Um, There's lots of connections that you can't see. And once you get involved, that's when they become revealed.
4: Picking back off of what Connor said, do your research, educate yourselves first and foremost, listen to those most closely to you uh, that have the courage to have already spoken or spoke loudly about their experience. I believe that if youth can reflect as well and critique dominant norms and narratives that contribute to systems of oppression to really understand their own social context and the structural nature of those issues affecting their communities. That is what's going to empower a sense of agency to challenge this oppression that we are facing and do something about it and change it. Show up to actions if you can. Go to www.bergprotest.com, Berg Protests on Instagram, PGH Protests on Twitter. Show up if you can. Get involved, whether it is volunteering. Collecting signatures, canvassing, crowdfunding, et cetera, whether you are advocating for yourself or a collective at large, your voice matters, your courage matters. And because the perspective and experience and wisdom that you bring to this world, that is what's going to make a difference for others walking a similar path.
1: I love what you both said. So, Connor, even saying, uh, I know you said earlier that, you know, I, I want to do this right, I, I want to listen. You know, I myself don't have a mental health diagnosis, but I'm really hoping to provide a voice for people who don't. And one of the things you said, simply, that I'm hearing both of you is just show up to meetings, right? Show Mm -hmm. up to organizations. Just sit and listen for a while. I know myself, I'm very passionate about NAMI, so uh, National Alliance on Mental Illness. One of the cool things that they do, they offer um, groups where you can sit, even if you don't have a mental health diagnosis, uh, maybe it's a support group for uh, family members of people affected by whatever mental, mental illness, mental diagnosis, it, it varies on the group. And you can just sit and you can listen to people's experiences. So sometimes it seems really uh, intimidating and maybe that's because we just haven't taken the time to sit down and just listen. Maybe we're, we're, we're instantly going into go mode where we think we have to have an answer. We think we have to be speaking or advocating right now. Sometimes it's just best to just sit and be and to listen to the experience of others before we start. You mm-hmm. can correct me if, if I'm wrong.
3: No, that's totally right. And I mean, there's also obviously other benefits just going to meetings. Like you meet new people you can be friends with if, if it's a school club. Um, there's always food at club meetings. Like that's the way that they get <laughs> you to start. But I totally agree. Like I keep thinking back to like you never know where you'll end up. You just have to start somewhere. Like whether it's joining that school club or saying hi to that one person in the hallway. Like, you never know who can become your best friend or you never know what stage you'll be speaking on in front of how many people about mental health advocacy. You just have to get started somewhere. And the easiest and most low stakes way to do that is to just sit in on a meeting with a cause you're passionate about.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you've never run a marathon before, it can seem really intimidating, for Mm -hmm. example, but you have to get up. You have to take the first step. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what I'm hearing from you guys.
2: I agree with everything that's been said. I think it's really important that um, people are open and listen to, like, every voice. And so one thing that I want to highlight is this to let everyone know that their voice and their experience has value just for being them, and that is also true for everyone else who um, is a human, Um, their voice has value and their experience is important. So I think like a first step um, you can take to begin having conversations around, you can start by having like conversations around mental health, Um, attending someone else's advocacy action. I think it's really important that people show up for each other and you can learn a lot from this attending um, and other action and, this meeting with other people that are interested in the topic you're concerned about. I think you said it starts with like speaking up too for people, it
1: doesn't, you know, it can be in a conversation that you have with somebody and you notice they're saying something that's just not right and something. Do you guys ever like have that feeling where you just have your, it's like your heart gets like clamped, like that you're, and you're like, like, How dare you say that? Like, why would you say that that's in, and then there's that choice in your brain. I can like, let this go. Or I can speak up. And I I think, like, sometimes it's scary to do that. But even knowing that, you know, it doesn't have to start with policy change on a larger level. It can just be a conversation that you have with somebody where you're just standing up for what's right. Yeah. And it can be done in, like, a very respectful, delicate, compassionate way. I think some people hear, like, oh,
0: advocacy. Like, that means I'm running in everyone's face and I'm, like, telling them that they're wrong. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like, I think you could share and teach and learn and listen and... Do it in you know, a way that, is, um, that isn't aggressive. I think some people are like, oh, activism is aggressive. And it really doesn't have to
4: be. It's also really important to remember that growth is discomfort. And mm-hmm. if you see something, say something about it. And don't feel also a certain way as well if you do sort of come out angry or even aggressive. Yeah. Because there are issues that have been happening for such a long time. And I know from my own experiences with racial trauma, I'm angry (laughs) about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to be sorry about that. Remember that you do have a community behind you and that you are supported. Absolutely, I
3: agree. I think, and I think language, like when you hear something and it just like, it's gut-wrenching and it like makes you like wince because you're like, how could you just say that? Language is such a key piece of mental health advocacy. The most common example that I think of when I'm talking to an adult or someone that doesn't understand stigmatizing language is something like a teenager going, my mom's bipolar because she changed her mind and now isn't going to let me hang out with you. Mm-hmm. Like That is the perfect example of applying a mental health diagnosis to a situation where it's not true and validating the people that... Do suffer with bipolar disorder, and I feel like that's one of the major things that I've over the past four years have focused on, like in my advocacy with my school. We do a lot of campaigns to do person-first language. No words like crazy, psycho, um, druggy. Like those are not socially acceptable words to use um, in every situation. And I mean, it's hard even for us. Like sometimes we'll be at a meeting. And my advisor will say like, oh, something's crazy. And one of the Stand Together members will be like, you just said the C word. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's like funny um, in a sense, but I mean, even mental health ad- advocates, we're not exempt from having a slip up here or there, but it's important to just not take everything to heart. One mistake doesn't ruin all the progress you've made. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. language is huge.
4: Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, and it's always just really important to just hold yourself accountable about that because there is so much power in language, and you want to ensure when you're involved, especially with this work, you want to ensure the dignity and humanity of people, especially with people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being mindful of it, correcting yourself, um, because, yeah, I. I well, I definitely not afraid to admit that I still have work to do to take um, some of um, those words out of my own vocabulary. So Great.
1: We yeah, should always agreed. have work to do. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the point of advocacy.
2: <laughs> so um, can everyone share a song or an album or a book or a hobby or artwork or quote or anything that helped them heal or just brought them joy? Okay, so I can start. I have two songs, Better Days by Dermot Kennedy, who's actually coming to Pittsburgh. Um, And um, it's just really hopeful. And then Way Less Sad by AJR. And I just found that um, really in line with just trying to find that one thing a day that brings me joy. I love that song, Better Days. Yeah, I
4: love it too. Listen to any album by Florence and the Machine because Mm -hmm. all her music is amazing. I don't know... how an artist can every song i never disappointed i've always like how like there are always some artists where like their songs are like ah, but then there's like good song but every song of florence and the machine is just amazing
3: um for me every day of 2022 uh my mental health club at school has posted a positive slash mental health quote and the one that stuck out to me the most um is about a caterpillar so it's something like the caterpillar thought the world was going to end, but then they turn into a butterfly. So it's something a little bit cheesy, a little bit corny, but I feel like that's applicable to not only personal mental health, but advocacy as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Love that. There's a song called "Name for you by the shins. And so there's this one line and it says somebody with an antique notion come along to tighten the line. They're just afraid of you speaking your mind. And then it's like, they've got a name for you girls. And like, I think it falls into what we've been talking. And so like, yeah, everybody's going to um, maybe a stereotype or say, like, you're some kind of way, but absolutely you're not. And it's more, everybody's more detailed than that. We should make a friends on our um, playlist. Play- playlist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I, so I don't fun. know why I've been listening to, like, older music lately. That's, like, what I used to do <laughs> when actually. I was in high school. So. Yeah.
2: Cool. Cool. Um, So here at Friendship Circle, our core mission is to be a good friend. So how has friendship and connection with others played a role in your personal life as well as your advocacy journey? Uh, Friendship and connection have helped me not feel as isolated. When you're able to share something and someone lets you know they've been there too, it can be really validating Um, It made me feel seen. And for advocacy, the more voices and perspective, the better your change or action is going to be. Um, My friends are what motivate me when I have a setback.
3: Nice. I agree. I feel like my friends and connections are very important. The example that comes to mind for me is when I freelance wrote my first person essay for Public Source. Um, I would go on social media and my whole feed was people reposting my face. Like I was seeing my face on everyone else's story, just sharing with their audiences and their family and friends um, what I was feeling about activism and getting involved as a teen. Um, So I feel like friends are just super important to amplify your own message and for you in turn to amplify theirs.
4: I love hanging out with my friends. I love eating with my friends and I love talking with my friends, having conversations that are really deep and really important, especially as an activist. Uh, I show up for my communities and that includes my friends and I always want to make sure that I could amplify their voices as well. And in terms of building relationships as well with the organizers that I work with, including the people I work here with, uh, Apia Youth Advocacy Network, you know, we communicate, and we work very well together. Uh, we share ideas and our initiatives. You know, we are a collective, we are a consensus, and so um, we really work together very well to meet our goals.
2: We're lucky to have such great friends.
4: Mm-hmm. So
2: thank you, Sarah, Connor, and Luna, for being willing to contribute and share your experiences. In today's episode, we talked about the importance of mental health advocacy and the experience that our guests have had with mental health and activism. Uh, And they shared their stories with us to help teach how everyone has the power to advocate in their own way. We hope that you will continue to grow with us as we share inspirational friendship and mental health stories and resources in our future episode. And if you would like to hear more stories and episodes like this, subscribe to the podcast. Wishing you well, and thanks for being a part of our friendship family. Signing off from
4: Friends on Air. Woo!
3: Happy Mental us. Health Awareness Month! Yes, happy
4: Mental yes.
0: Health Awareness. Do
3: something to prioritize your self care.
0: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for joining us. Thank you,
4: guys. Thank, Thank you. you.